Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafried. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead who haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. Welcome back to another episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Peterson. With me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Eric O'Branson. How's it going, Eric? It's going good. How are you? Pretty good. And we also, with us again, we were able to secure this twice in a row. Amazing. Ryan Steiskel with us again. Ryan, how's it going? Uh, it's no longer Ryan Steiskel. It is now Beer Slayer. Uh, in honor, <laughs> if this is going to be a and uh, a d like movie, it's going to be a and like podcast for me. I'm going to do the method review. Awesome. Mm. Beer Slayer <laughs> the Barbarian. Oh yeah. Dark Stout and Ham. In this case, though, this week it's going to be right, The Destroyer, right? Because we uh, last week we covered Conan the Barbarian, the 1982 film with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and this week we're covering the sequel, Conan the Destroyer, came out in 1984, another well-known sword and sorcery film, but it had a lot to kind of live up to since the first one was such, uh, like, this iconic film. In an age when only the strongest survived and only the ruthless triumphed, only one name became a legend. Conan, the Destroyer. In his first adventure, he fought alone. It is written that a woman child must make a perilous journey. I want you to take her on that journey. Now, he joins a wizard. What are they going to do? Have lunch. A warrior. There are six of them against her. One, two, three. A renegade. I think you're right. And a princess. Together. They are sent by a treacherous queen across the lands of hostile kingdoms to solve the mystery of an ancient race and seek the power of a phantom city. You're afraid of magic. And it comes from evil. This will. Come anyway. The Horn of Dagoth, destroyer of worlds. God will live again. Enough talk. 
cannot seize the horn in time, the world will be plunged into eternal darkness. Grace Jones, Wilt Chamberlain, Mako, Sarah Douglas, and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Conan, the Destroyer. The all-new adventures of the most powerful legend of them all. So, Ryan, can you give us a short synopsis of Conan the Destroyer? If you On the spot. Yeah, yeah. okay, on the spot. <laughs> Hold on, let me take one more lucky sip, because, you know, mm, sticks to the mustache smoothly. Um, yeah, in this one, if... Yeah, slurp, slurp all that If off you there, liked... <laughs> boobs and butts and blood and guts in the last one well we got none of that here in conan the destroyer despite the name but if you like D D campaigns and didn't have one who with a friend that was strict and like yeah you just make it up as you go along did conan the destroyer is for you it starts off with like conan just praying there armies wipe in and it's like oh it's that general chick from uh general zod's group from superman 2 orders him to like hey you like your dead ex i can bring her back to life you just do this little favor to me i just need you to take my virgin niece virgin niece across god knows where pick up a stone pick up a key get this cthulhu like god played by andre the giant um yeah that's, that's pretty much it um but i think that's enough words that qualify that this is the superior film you know, I, I, that's actually a pretty good synopsis. Yeah, I mean, he's called in on a quest. And, and you're right, this one really this one really felt like a D&D campaign. Like, it really, yeah, really it did. Sure it's did. a lot like they... lighter and sillier um, and a lot looser in tone right off the bat from PG. From well, they're PG before PG-13. Yeah. There's still a yes, lot of blood before in this PG-13. one. Um, they did intentionally like it was an intentional thing that they wanted to do a i i think it was said uh it, that conan the barbarian was greatly popular but everybody thought you know being that it was kind of a, a sword and sorcery film that if it, it appealed to children that couldn't see it because of the r rating so they thought they would have made even more money on it if they you know were able to get a pg rating so the original cut of this film actually wasn't i mean they didn't make it to be a PG film, it's it's certainly a hard R, and you can see the like remnants of the blood and guts and stuff that were supposed to be here. Um, it was actually re-edited to be a PG film. Um, unfortunately, I, I mean for me, unfortunately, there is there is not an original cut of this film. It's not ever going to come up. It's you know yeah. whatever they did destroyed the the cut film or whatever. It's it is what it is. I I don't think it really. I don't think it like destroyed the movie or anything. It just uh, would be interesting to see what exactly they cut to make it PG back then. So, so with that, I have to say, I was looking for that too. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. And <laughs> I'll be honest with you. They they they, do, they have a list of like what was cut. And one of them's like sex scene with the queen, whatever she, her name was. Character names just are yep. a move. But the one that got me where I'm just, I need to know what the hell that means is there's a scene deleted called... Like, her name, seducing the statue. And I'm like, what the fuck does that yes, fucking Yes, there was mean? a sex scene between, supposedly between Queen Taramis, who played by Sarah Douglas in the movie, and the statue of their god, which is the, you know, the horn that they're going to, to find the, that the only the virgin mm -hmm. princess can um, 
like I said, straight out of, like we were saying, straight out of D&D, right? But only the virgin princess can go and claim the horn that will bring the, you know, statue god back to life. <laughs> only the virgin um, can claim the horn. That's going to be uh, the new bumper yeah, sticker. Right. Pretty much. Uh, officially, officially from the Video Junkyard store. Um, yeah. But supposedly there was a sexual scene between her and the statue that was removed from the film. So. Probably for the best. Interesting. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah, but... yeah, that one I'll have to agree with you, but... It's a... Yeah. I mean, especially without the horn. I mean, it's a... What about you, Joe? Well, and and even the other... Even the cast in this. I mean, watching these two films back to back, you really can see um, kind of the... That, that change in tone is is incredibly striking. I would say it's as striking as, um, you know, a, a year ago we talked about Godzilla and King Kong movies, and we, we talked a lot in that, that session about the difference between the original Gojira and then the Americanized version. It's like, these are totally separate films. Um, and, yeah. and you can it feels that way here, too, um, watching these back-to-back. The first Conan movie is a very serious revenge story right it's set in this fantastical kind of world but um it's a serious grounded in reality with you know primitive the reason it's so violent and dark and kind of serious right because it's it's very set in a very primitive kind of um dangerous world right this one is set very much in a fantasy kind of D &D world you know it almost doesn't even feel like the same setting like it's it, it it certainly features conan i don't feel like they've changed his character a whole lot but but kind of the world it's set in and the, the things that go on around him they have given him a little more of a sense of humor um oh definitely the whole they gave humor to like the whole the entire narrative has more humor than... <laughs> so i will argue with that character development he he does show a little bit more of his intelligence he does mm-hmm. he does in this one yeah but but going back to the cast because you mentioned cast i will say the first movie when it comes to the companions definitely has a stronger cast you like that cast more and 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 mako comes back which is great he's actually a companion oh i like him unfortunately i like him so much less in this movie (laughs) like he yeah Yeah. i was too distracted by bob from batman (laughs) yeah yeah, so yeah, Tracy Walter, yeah, as Malik. Tracy Walter as Malik, who is is the comic relief character, surely is the only reason he's there. Um he really is awful. Um uh he here <laughs> my note says Malik sucks and he's obnoxious. <laughs> like somebody somebody thought they needed to take Conan's humor away and but give it to uh every... sense of humor and give it put in a comic relief character. But guys, but... every campaign needs the bard. And yeah, you know, the or, or they're or either like, your, no. you know, or your. I wish it was. I wish it was Bob from from Batman at least. But it's not even that. And it's like, oh, you're like Dave. You're not even Bob. You're Dave. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's he's. I feel like they and it's Malik kind of sucked, but they had to have some character like that. I think because, I mean, you got a whole lot of machismo going on, right? You got. Conan the Barbarian, you got Wilt Chamberlain playing, um, what's his name, Bombada, uh, who is the princess's bodyguard who goes along on this quest with them. You got Grace Jones who comes along who plays Zula in this movie. Grace um, Jones. Mm-hmm. And they are all like, you one. know, tough as nails, warriors, um, and just, you know, to, to their different talents, but definitely certainly that type of um, 
character. I think it, I think you you kind of needed um, Malik or or, or um, a shit bag to I shit forget, on. I forget what it's kind of what Mako's uh, <laughs> character's name technically is. Uh, Akiro. Akiro. Yeah. Um, and they they made Akiro kind of like funny, like. It, it, Yukiro always had this kind of like Yoda-esque kind of thing about him, but he became like silly early Empire Strikes Back Yoda in mm-hmm. this movie, like, um, versus, I don't know. I, in the first one, he he certainly had moments like that, but uh, I took him a little more seriously as a wizard. I thought it was a better performance. This one, he's he's the second place comic relief character under Malak, who's not as good of a character, so I don't know. Those kind of things bug me a little bit, but at the same time, the that ensemble is so D and D. Like I, like it's just that is your party that you're playing if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons right now. You have some representation of each of those people in your, in your party. So, can can we talk about how great J- Grace Jones was? She's in this awesome movie? in this. She's like, yeah, and thank you. She's you know like my, like when she came on. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off. But I I I didn't realize that this was our first like real film role like she was a musician and a model and like things but right this is her first like large prominent role in a movie mm-hmm. too so it and she she you can tell that she's given it her all and it's for me for me it's the greatest fucking thing in the world because it's like oh shit she's really jumping on these fucking guys and beating them with a stick yeah <laughs> like and it's like th- this is the like when that happened i'm like this is the saving grace for the movie for me is grace jones is because you're like i'm like oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna miss valerie she was the strongest character of that previous party not valerie valeria that's not what her name is is it valeria, valeria. i should yep. know that i should know that <laughs> name but anyways so uh but when grace jones comes around i'm like yup you're my new fave you're my fucking favorite fucking character of all time you're the most fun i've ever seen in a character yeah, and she's she's a great character, great. and I remember growing up and watching this. I watched this one as well growing up, and I probably I assume they were probably on back to back on TV. I probably taped them at the same time or whatever. But um, this one, oh no, actually, shit, this was rated PG. I probably rented this movie. My parents would have let me rent this, even though there's not that huge of a difference between the two. I guess there is with the nudity and sexual content, but um, yeah, Grace Jones. I don't remember like. I don't remember being drawn to her the way that I was when I watched it this time. And just being like, this is, she's a really fucking cool character and I like her and I would, I want to watch a Zula movie. Yeah. Honestly, like, um, I could have watched an entire spinoff <laughs> of Grace Jones doing her own film with this character. I don't know. She's, she's great. So I'm only, I'm only really familiar with her from this as well. Like, uh, oh, or, and her turn as a, as a Bond girl, which was mm-hmm. in one of my least favorite James Bond films. But, um, anyway, but yeah, yeah, that's really the only two things I can think of that I know her from. But. Well, what's kind of interesting is, you know, a few weeks ago, we, Eric, we reviewed the film The Fall, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, which is uh, this kind of, you know, story adventure story. It's a story about an adventure story. And it's all these characters that, that come from different backgrounds and, you know, these kind of iconoclastic characters on a team. And that's... I think one of the reasons that that's so charming in so many movies, I mean, look at this one too, right? It's You've got the same thing. You've Unlike the first Conan where you've got Conan the Barbarian and then a bunch of other Barbarian-like characters, but they're just slightly smaller, right? Um, in, in, mm-hmm. in this one, you've got these different characters from different backgrounds, and I think that really 
adds to the uh, I want to say almost say like the whimsical nature of this film and of this story because it is pretty different. It kind of diversifies it career wise, I would say. Like position position wise, it's diversified more. Yeah. Yeah, like this is a really diverse cast for a movie of its time. It is for '84. Yep. You know, um, Will Chamberlain obviously was a superstar. Yeah. Um, as you know, athlete, but this is one not his only film role, but certainly one of his prom- only prominent starting film roles. Um, guy's huge. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, you really he towers like, over see Arnold. I think how he? big he is. <laughs> like, and yeah, I think he's like seven two or something. Anyway, but he is. Yes, yeah, and of course, two. the first scene yeah. he shows up in the movie, I have to pull a Ron Burgundy and say, "Is this Wilt Chamberlain?" <laughs> 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 His oh, head yeah. too every time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know yeah. the. There were some things about this one that I I could tell it's it's a lot. You know, it's not as it's not as edgy as the first movie. It, you know, the very beginning scene when they're you know already in some combat with some guys and they're already cracking jokes. Conan has Schwarzenegger as Conan has a lot more lines yeah. in this movie. Yeah, I was, yeah, it's definitely not as serious. But I, his performance yeah, he, is not he, he quite knows, as good, though. He's, he's a little more Schwarzeneggery already, yeah. like in this movie. But a lot of like, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a grunting ton of that. His, the Schwarzenegger grunt is in full form yeah. here all of a sudden when it's almost totally absent from his performance in the first one, and he gets a lot of like, get to the chopper type yeah. lines in this get movie. Get out! And, get out! Yeah, and which is fine. It's fine. I mean, I enjoy Arnold Schwarzenegger in most movies. Actually, I, I, I don't. I don't dislike that. It just is very different performance from the first movie, which I feel is like really a seriously decent performance. Like that's some of the better acting I've seen him do. Mm-hmm. He, he's just like he, cause Arnold's that unique snowflake of an actor where <laughs> yeah. in the first movie you feel like I feel, I, I felt like this is Arnold trying to be a particular person. It's not really Arnold. Where in this one, it's like this is Arnold as that particular person. Yeah, it's like Tom Cruise. I'm comfortable with that. I'm more comfortable with that. Did you say it's Tom like, Cruise? Yeah, I said it's like Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Every time you play somebody, it's here's Tom Cruise playing this character. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you know, it's and Tom can, Cruise as Ethan work. Hunt. You know, that can work for people. I mean, as Joe knows, I'm a big fan of of the actor Nicolas Cage. And I feel like that's exactly what he does, is he just plays Nicolas Cage playing people. Like, it's always his and, you know, him. It's always a bit of him, and then it's a character, <laughs> but... It's kind of like what that, like, 80s and 90s genre action films was about. You're like, you didn't really go to a movie to see the, the, the plot of a movie. You went to see what yeah. the fuck is Nick Cage, yeah. what the fuck is uh, Sylvester Stallone or, or, or Arnold going to do in this one. That's what mm. you're, that's mm. what you're And here. really in this one, you, you, I agree, Ryan, completely. He, he's, this, the first movie was, the, this was Conan the Barbarian. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's playing the character. In this one, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger playing the character, but it's 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 he's still playing himself. Like he's still playing the Arnold character. It's it's, it's the Arnold care Arnold it's character. It's like all of a sudden Schwarzenegger as the character actor he's going to become throughout the rest of his career has all of a sudden developed. Well, like even... it wasn't really there in the first one. He was actually I think he was actually really working towards getting that role or like becoming that character. Um, not that he's not doing that here, but it's a first of all, it's a lot more fun script. It's it's a little more of a movie aimed at, you know, younger audiences. So he I think he gets a little more room to be to play with it anyway and to, so... to do funny things or um 
so yeah, I mean, I think he's he's I, developed Schwarzenegger as we yeah. as we know him. I yeah. want to say I want to I want to build off of what you just said, Eric, and like, so where you have Conan as one of his earlier films, it's very symbolic of Conan starting out. So there's this awkwardness, this lack of comfortability. Where you get the sequel, this is later on in his career. Like I think it's like what two or three years later. And it's just like he knows who he is. And that's very much in the character of Conan. Conan knows who he is. It's just a perfect match. Mm-hmm. This I, I movie, think it did work. It did work. Yeah. Like, I So when I talked about doing this review with you guys and how I had to see these movies to other film buffs I know and work, used to work with, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to love the first one. The second one sucks. But the funny thing is, it's like and when I went back, I'm like, actually, the second one's, for me, the better one. And it's for one of these reasons. Like, it's just like... Arnold is Conan the Barbarian in this movie for me. Like whatever people yeah, yeah. think Conan is, that's what he is in this movie for me. Among among well, other things yeah. too. And, just, and I could I could see that. Yeah, I could see that, especially with like the confidence thing. I mean, he's he's a little more like the first movie. He's entirely driven by revenge, and in this one, it's more like okay, well now I go around from place to place, and then we rob people, and we. It's more the this movie opens up very very similar to how the second guardians of the galaxy film opens up yeah i can you know, see that there's a lot of similarities there um but you know so i i almost wonder if james gunn kind of had some of the inspiration on in this but even look at the way arnold looks in this movie right i mean he was big and muscular in the first one, but in this one, it's like he's constantly smothered in, in, in smeared in baby oil, and the muscles <laughs> yeah. are more rippling, and you know, there's there's more evidence of almost fantastical strength. It's not just mm-hmm. in the first movie where like, yeah, well, he's a big in Conan strong the Destroyer, guy. he breaks out of a prison cell at one point by pulling the bars. That's in the destroy in Destroyer, right? Mm-hmm. By just like taking the bars and pulling them apart and bending them with his brute strength yeah, right? yeah when they were breaking we into the castle in a... that's what he does he bends the bars yeah yeah so we didn't get anything like that in the first one the first one's very like grounded in reality kind of you know yeah um, as much as you can be in, in a certain sorcery it's, film it's but reality, it's like it's yeah. it, it's kind of grounded in reality the same way something like game of thrones tries to be like it, it yeah it, it's plausible like the the it's about human characters even though there's fantastical elements there's this grounded reality this one doesn't care about that at all right like no. it's and that's, it's, this that's is, what's this is more of a fantasy film and it. yeah and it's it's all about an epic quest right i mean it's just so it, it is it's straight out of a D campaign wandering heroes become you know get hired by queen to take virgin princess to you know get the horn that will resurrect their god from the dead um but before that, they need to go and get the key from a wizard, an evil wizard up in the, you know, that lives in an ice palace. And like, it just, it, it's, Which, it's kind of crazy if you try to like summarize like everything that happens in it, but it, it's straight out of a role playing game. It's a quest. Sure. It's a, it's a true, it's a true quest. And going to that wizard who's played by a wrestler, I don't know the name he of him. He played the, the creature he turns into. And that's what that's the point I was gonna get at is like there, like there's actual more fighting like physical fighting with more costumed people not like animatronics <laughs> with Arnold going uh, it's like okay he looks like he's fighting with a sleeping bag drunk this one he's like he's just fighting with a drunk guy in in demon face <laughs> but it, it's but it's it like that scene was just like this this is actually kind of a fun scene and it shows like he's he he's intelligent enough to pick on pick up on cues and like oh I can't physically beat this mm-hmm. 
he mm-hmm. starts, yeah, he starts like realizing like, oh, the mirrors of reflection, it's him, and that's how. I mean, in the them. first movie, they try to do a little bit of that towards the end, where they're setting all these traps and things. But yeah, in this one, it's definitely more honed. And and yeah, so the 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 wizard that the the evil wizard they go meet, that's that's Thothamon, played by Pat Roach, who was a wrestler. Um, and then yeah, the 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 monster at the end was uh, the the monster of Dagath, their their god was was actually played by Andre the Giant, and I, yeah, and the monster suit is that costume is actually pretty cool. Um, yeah, I actually wrote that it's like something straight out of a Toho movie. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like a yeah, one of their monsters. Yeah. Oh, especially with the the vertical mouth, it reminded me of a of a. Yeah, it reminded me of a gog from from Lovecraft. Yeah, he's a dream wow. god. His name as well is yeah. a reference to that. Which I will say, this movie has the greatest climax. The the first movie wasn't really a good climax for me. He just shows like there was that final fight, but then the then then not Darth Vader with the Bane's runs off. Yeah. Uh, and then he shows up, like, Conan just sneaks up and cuts off his head. That's how the, mo- the movie ended. I'm like, this is yeah. a very yeah. boring climax. Yeah, yeah. This movie, he's fighting a goddamn fucking Lovecraftian dream god, ripping <laughs> off its, pretty much its penis. No, no, it's ripping off the horn that was planted into it, which, by the way, watching that graphic just cringed me. Oh, like, yeah. It's it pretty nasty. And then seeing that green mud blood pour out, I'm like, I'm like yeah. I don't yeah. know why anyone thought this yeah. movie was not the good one. This one was fucking great. Well, it's it's very it, different. Um, I have always appreciated this more than, like, the general consensus. Like, I've always thought it was a pretty good sequel. And the thing about a character like Conan is I think you can do that. Like, you can make a different kind of flavored movie and, and as long as you don't change the character himself it's kind of like well james bond or um i don't know any character that we've we've kind of followed throughout uh, godzilla king kong right now mm-hmm. um you can do different things with the character um as long as you don't change too much about them you can put them into different situations and it works i think had this film series continued you could have seen you know multiple examples of that you know different types of stories featuring um, Conan, uh, the the literary stuff is is all runs the gamut from everything from like pirate stories all the way to you know your your typical sword and sorcery kind of barbarians and wizards stuff is there too, but um, they're certainly not all of the same tone, and so yeah, I, th- I I think it works. I was always a bigger fan than most people. The the general consensus is exactly what you said earlier, right? It's that oh the first one is a masterpiece, the second one sucks. That's always what it is, and it's like okay well. I can see your argument for the first one being a masterpiece, but I don't think the second one sucks necessarily. I think it's just different. Like it's, you know what I think it is. I honestly think it's because it doesn't have like the the sex and violence, and I, I yeah, I I think that bothered people. And they're like, no, that's what I'm here for. And I'm like, then you don't really appreciate like a fun story as much. Because for me, it's like I don't need that in a film. Like it's just like I I just I just don't I just need I, I get lots of lots of sex and violence at home I don't need it in my movie <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think people were I think people were also really looking for the first movie a second time they were looking for that yeah. angry edgy and and this did come out more more comical um you know it's it's funny that you you made you made a yeah 
he punches two animals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you kind of made the joke before about uh, you know Eric about you know Schwarzenegger playing this character versus you know playing Mister Freeze, but that's I yeah. and I think you know the the Batman <laughs> films are a good example of that. You know, you had the first one which was you know with Tim Burton with Michael Keaton. You know, he's really trying to keep it in this very specific you know way that they're going to portray the character and then he comes up with batman returns which is a little bit sillier it's a little bit lighter it's grosser but it's and it's dark in a Mm -hmm. different way and then you get the joel schumacher films which are totally different and that's because they're they're you know right they're they're aiming at different target audiences and i think this one they went for who can we they didn't make toys for it as far as i know but who can we sell toys to who can we merchandise this to market it to um yeah. And, and I think that's really, and people that loved the first one aren't going to like this. It's why most of us as adults look back at Star Wars Episode One and don't have the best memories of it. Um, but that's because it was aimed at different... it was aimed at be somebody younger than us. And it's a different product for a different yeah. you know, time or whatever. But this is only two years later, so they they very deliberately like oh definitely. Well, and also, I think it was a marketing decision at the at the end of the day because they shot this thing to be violent and and it had sex and it had nudity and it had all those things. But then they decided to trim that out for the PG rating to try and make yeah. some more money off of it, thinking kids would be interested in it. And um, it paid off to a certain extent. It just wasn't a total flop. It just isn't it isn't remembered well, or people don't have this like right. fond place for it in their memory that they do the first one. It's crazy because I, I remember this one more vividly than I did the first one. I remember seeing I remember seeing the the video cassette box art of this one a lot more. I mean, I yeah. I, I think it's just it's it it is a it is a bit flashier. The 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 cinematography is a bit better. The film stock is better. The effects are better. Um, you know, it, they I mean, got I think bigger a lot cast. Of those things probably add up to the budget was probably higher because of the success of the first one. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons why they made the decisions they made with this one, and they're all valid. I mean, you, they were trying to market to this very specific, and as you brought up before too, that you know this is the one that most younger audiences were first introduced to, because they yeah, they I know it's the first one I saw. Yeah, and and the other one isn't really something you can show little kids. This one, I wouldn't show it to little kids today, but you you could back in nineteen, but you but you could in nineteen eighty four, right? Um, yeah, I generally show PG movies to my two-year-olds, and I don't think I'm going to be showing this one to them anytime soon. But <laughs> yeah, it's a bit—it's light for the '80s, but it's still pretty. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's pretty intense for a PG movie. This is a modern-day PG-13. They didn't have the rating at the time. It actually came out like six months after this, I think. But hmm. um, when the MPA yeah. introduced PG-13, but... like yeah, a month later, a month later. That's what yeah. I saw anyway now i was gonna now, say that um i was just gonna say real quick that in the previous one i made the comparison that um i felt like the first movie was trying to be more more of a i don't want to say artsy but more like visually like it was trying to go for that kind of like build this environment by by visual and i, I just didn't think it was like the most success i just see more successful films even older films like you get Kubrick or wow stanley kubrick into anything like he's just gonna be the apex for anything uh in my mind mm-hmm. and this movie i think was trying to do its own thing like a frank frazetta but it i i don't i think it failed to capture it when it focused on it maybe people like saw that and they're like that's what makes this the masterpiece 
is this capturing where I feel like this movie doesn't do it as much, but this movie knows what it is. And that's yeah, maybe yeah. why I enjoy it more. It's just like, yeah, I don't get boring fucking sh- like long shots that aren't good. Like I'm just going straight to the action, which is what I want with a sword and sorcery film. Now, if you could do a grander job and get a director who wants to do those like massive mystical things then watch Lord of the Rings. But if you just want to really enjoy something quick, like, like actually enjoy it, it's this one. I think Conan the Barbarian probably gets a little bit of the, you know, people's interpretation of that film probably gets swayed a little bit by what a turning point it was. Cause it was kind of the first of an entire like sub genre of fantasy sci-fi fantasy films that you know went on throughout the rest of the 80s and and um even into the 90s and because it was the first one and it defined that style i think that just automatically people think oh it has to be the best one right because it's the first (laughs) um and maybe that's not always true i mean i think in other you know situations where someone's kind of reinvented like it is is star wars the original um, you know possibly later named you know episode four a new hope is that really the best star wars movie because it's the original like some people will say yes and will never be budged from that opinion but you know that's up for interpretation for sure or is it even the best sci-fi movie right right that can be argued it's it's probably not it has it has the most fun universe and it generates the most creative ideas like ever like um well over 30 years later uh, the, this, that Star Wars franchise has, has generated so much, and that's what makes it great, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the greatest sci-fi. I mean, you can watch right, right. Uh, Blade Runner and know right away, like, yeah, this movie is deeper than any Star Wars film. But it's just like mm-hmm. a film needs to, like, it knows what it is and what it needs to be. It doesn't need to necessarily emulate anything else. It just needs to, like, be, like, familiar. Use those elements to be familiar and attract, like, if you like this stuff, here this is, but there's, here's a different thought to have. Well, um, not to say that Destroyer is making me think, but I'm just saying it, right, I, right. I, I, I truly think like it knew what was successful in the first film, and it really was trying to like up that, and I think it did. I really think it upped what was successful in the first movie, which is why I'm shocked. Like you really don't think this is a better movie, and I think I think maybe those people just don't know why. Because I I enjoyed this. I think it, it is different. I enjoyed both of them. I, you know, very similarly, uh, we'll get to our ratings in a moment, I guess. But, um, I mean, I did, I did really enjoy this one, but I think I enjoyed it because it's something a little bit different. I can see why some people really dislike it. If what they're looking for is that same lightning strike twice, they want this, they, and I think this is an issue that we're dealing with today with, with fandoms, right? Especially with something like Star Wars or whatever is, I want you to repeat exactly what you did before don't make it too much like it because I don't want to just watch that movie again but don't make don't take too many liberties because then it's not what I fell in love with I just I, I like the things I like but I'm sorry I can't tell you what that is that's really kind of where we are with fandom right now your job as the filmmaker is to capture exactly what I am imagining in my head as the sequel to this mm-hmm. <laughs> movie but I'm uncertain so yeah mm-hmm. you know and I, so I, I can see why if somebody was like I want that first Conan movie and I want it to be dark and edgy it's like okay but then it's gonna be like very carbon copy no I want it to be different okay well here's different no it's too different so 
I, I I appreciated this one for its campiness and for its lighter and sillier and goofier tone for its better effects, but it does really lack I feel the um, the intensity of that first one, which I I really like. So it's like if I want intense Conan, I'll watch Barbarian. If I want silly Conan, I'll watch you know Destroyer. Yeah. Now Ryan, you saw the the remake with Jason Momoa. Um, oh, yeah. I haven't seen that one. It's something I do want to see, but I haven't. I haven't either. What What can you What can you just can you How What did you think of it? Because I don't know. We might review it at some point. But what did What did you think of it overall compared to these? It uh, It's the worst one. Okay. <laughs> um, funny enough, uh, not too surprising. It's. I think Jason Momoa. Is like. Uh, theoretically a good choice for conan i think he should carry on the conan mantle i won't lie about that but i don't think he was given the best direction for it it is a boring lackluster story to be honest with you like like even the build-up to what the main the main uh mcguffin essentially is uh is bullshit the characters the side characters are bullshit um i don't think it truly understood what made the other conan special i i watched the behind the scenes for this for this dvd for for uh the 2011 conan with with uh momoa and like you of course you have the producer saying like yeah this is going to be the closest iteration of of conan it shows his brutality and his intelligence and i'm like they're not wrong but it's not a good movie (laughs) um and the guy who wrote the movie so this is okay this is what's funny so i I watch like i say i usually watch these movies with my girlfriend we didn't watch the first two conans uh and i knew she was like she would not be able to do these um she's she's just not into violence It, it just she she sympathizes a lot with these and I and I get that with her like I same thing if I see a slit throat and like all right I feel that I don't like that and it's horrifying for some people um but she watched the Momora one with me like this is like at midnight and I'm like okay honey I'm going to watch this movie you can go to bed and she goes, okay but she sat out with me I'm like are you are you sure this is rated <laughs> R she's like I can do this and I'm like you just want to hang out with me yeah I do okay I'm fine with that but I'm just letting you know so we watched it and we're just like making fun of it like crazy. Like this is this is awful. This is terrible. It was that was the most fun of that movie is just watching it with her. Like with every movie I ever watched with her. Um but it's 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 not good. It's not good. Is a reason it didn't pick up. The lead guy who wrote the mo- the, the the writer for the movie is kind of a creep, to be honest with you, because in the behind the scenes and they're talking about like these fantastic stories, all he ever brought up was this like, yeah, you just see these like naked women like just strapped down and like the the brutality. And at one point, I sh- I shit you not, at one point <laughs> we're watching this and he goes, he goes like, you know, it's just like it's that world of where you could just grab a woman and have sex with her and not really worry about it. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> holy <laughs> shit. This is pre-hashtag me too. Yeah. Uh, being a person who's just like for that movement and completely understand, like all of us here, all of us here are understand that and just watching that, I'm like, yeah, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, wow. There's a reason that this movie was kind and, of just pointless. Coincidentally, and, and I, coincidentally, I just noticed that Rose McGowan is in this movie, um, the Conan Oh wow! Movie from 2011. I just like as you were saying that I'm scrolling through the cast list and like 
well, shit. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. and I think that's that's one of the risky things is you know, and I'm I'm kind of I'm actually glad glad you brought that up because here's something that I don't know if you know that came out in 2011 and it wasn't well received and I don't think it was because of the violence and the brutality or whatever. I think it's because like no. you said, it was just a bad movie, but. I don't think you're going to be seeing any Conan movies anytime soon. No, unfortunately not. No. You know, well, and I don't think it's just just on the failure of that one alone. I think it's it's probably because of culturally these these aren't stories that I think a lot of people wanna wanna see. I mean, I I we we reviewed these because it's like okay you know let's appreciate it for what they were when they came out but I don't I don't see anybody being like you know what you know what we need right now in the Me Too world we need more Conan movies well I'm sure there are assholes who think that but I, don't I think, will make think... the argument that and... like because I th I thought about this too Joe I really did where it's just like you know the sword and fantasy is so fascinating why is there not more of them and you realize that even from the start of it is that these stories even written in the 1930s who by the way the guy who wrote these like he, he actually committed suicide like he had, kind of yeah, has a sad backstory yeah, if did. anything yeah. if anything the conan dvd with Memoir the, the 2011 one did good is it had a documentary on it which i watched which helped me hmm. update on this stuff but i will say the problem is is that it, it just assumes that only boys like this and not only right. this that the that the the, the fantasy of taking whatever woman you want the strong man fantasy and um that's what's important and for me those movies um they're one-sided they're like mini movies and, it, and they're bullshit and it, that this is the change in the culture and i think some people probably believe that like well these just movies just don't work out because it's just the wrong period of time like yeah you're just not making it for everyone joe and i know and probably you too. I don't know. I assume you too, Eric. We know plenty of women who like D and D campaigns. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. It's it's not that there's anything wrong with this genre. Um, in in its essence, it's those writers, and right? The directors well, it's think, it's like. And like you said, Joe, like going back to the the original Conan films, there appeared you know it, they were produced at a period of time. I actually think your criticism of them is a little unfair because I think they actually have, both of them treat their female characters pretty well they do um i'm not gonna say they're perfect um yeah i was gonna say you have valeria in the first one which is which is kind of your quintessential stereotype strong female character or whatever which i know people kind of gripe about even that um which would they have they have a point about you know just like throwing in a strong female doesn't let you get away with all the other shit right so um but I think both of those films, and then Grace Jones in the in the sequel is also just a uh, just a badass character that that I don't think has ever played on like that she is like there just to be like the woman character because I mean there is nothing about her character that kind of pigeonholes her into that at all. So no, she's, no, and actually, I I, like I think I both those films actually are really. I don't know for 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 nineteen eighty two and eighty four are actually not very sexist or sexually like misogynistic unless I mean there are periods where they are but they're all all of the misogyny and the 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 orgy scenes and the things like that are are 
are used to kind of paint your interpretation of the snake cult, right? So right. I'm fine if you use things like that to depictions of brutality and terrible things don't bother me. It's it's the way you treat them. Um, I don't think ever in either of the Conan films were they glorifying it. It was always the villains that are treating people poorly, and it was always the um, I don't know. So I it's, so I kind of disagree with that they were periods, you know, that they're they're bad examples or that we don't need more of them. I think uh, you could totally do a movie like this and just just keep your Grace Jones and your 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 you know equal representation and your casting and oh, just keep I'm... keep that in mind and you know write a story that's for everybody. Yeah, and and actually, well, I, in defense, I, I wasn't actually <laughs> criticizing, is saying like, oh yeah, because they're really really bad. What I'm saying is, I think I I don't see it happening anytime soon, and I don't think necessarily that that's a good thing, because I think I I totally agree. These could be written in a more inclusive way. There's nothing in the Conan character inherently that says mm-hmm. he's got to be brutal. In fact, in the stories, he's actually quite chivalrous right or at least for what was chivalrous at the time you could definitely you know turn that with you could up that a bit the what i'm saying Mm -hmm. is i i think it's unfortunate that i don't think we're gonna see that for a while because there is this association with kind of popular association with the barbarian like like this writer is saying ryan you know like oh it's this great world where a man can just grab a woman and do what he wants with her well thanks asshole right yeah, that's that's <laughs> not what. And here's know. the thing: if you saw this writer, he he's not he doesn't look like a Jersey Shore like dude in a shirt. Of course, he's wearing a like a tan button up. He has glasses, short hair. Like he looks like a guy who like frequents uh, Reddit. Not to be not to discriminate, but I'm just saying like well, no. that's, that's that's a symbol of what's going on in our culture. And and this by that like a lot of people talk about like the the movements. Uh, um, the positive movements with uh, like today, like for when we're filming this right now is currently uh, Pride Pride Month, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well as like in the past few years uh, we've gone the growth the growth of the the Me Too movement and and women in politics, which is great important and like it needs to grow more uh, representation of people of color as well like all these things. But then you have this counterculture that gets ignored, that grows this hatred. Which it makes sense. You don't want to give the, the hatred um, that voice, but but it grows because it's not getting that voice. So you got these nerds going like, "Oh, you're attacking me. I'm going to get defensive about this." Is you you just forcing it down our throats? So they close their minds so quickly to to these changes, and they're this resistance, and they feel like they need to be. They're like, "Well, I'm not racist. I'm not sexist. I just I just think it's just being forced down my throat." And it's just like, so it's like. It's like I get why you feel like that way, but you're failing to see that you're these people who are speaking up have been having things forced down their throats for so many years right, and you right. lack sympathy. Mm-hmm. And for the nerd mm-hmm. culture, you got a group of people, a group of men who already been demasculated in, in their minds by fellow men growing up. And they find like their masculinity through these fantasies. And when they see equal representation, they're like, No, no, this is this was meant to make me feel more like a man but that's what bothers him minus like yeah but what makes a man it shouldn't be punching a camel or having whatever woman you want it should be a person who does stand up for those because you have a privilege you have a strength that others don't and you you use that to help others um or you respect 
when others have a strength greater than yours, even if they're different from you, and you, yeah, you just yeah. you admire that. Like, there's, I admire there's... a strong female character. Like, there's plenty of them out there. Like, like I, I have a lot of... I, I, I like a lot of female characters. And, like, the first half of uh, Fifth Element, which I... I uh, I like I like um, Mila Djokovic's character at first. The final end of it's garbage, but the first strong female character there is great. Or in video games, like Samus Aran, Iran for me is great. Or so, so on. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, I ranted. Oh, no, it's okay. I think you're onto something with them. With like the people that um, kind of have the biggest issue with with representation. It's because they grew up in a culture that wrote stories for them and them alone. Like, that was, um, you know, if you were a white suburban teenager who was an outcast, like, every comic book story was written for you. Every, um, you know, movie, that uh, fantasy movie or something, it was written with you in mind. You were the target audience for it, and you were the only person they were marketing it to. Um, representations more than about just kind of filling out the the checklist and your your cast of characters. It's it's about stories for everybody and the, like things that people can. You stories know. for people who feel like they're outcasts. And <laughs> yeah. if you yeah. don't think that people of color or or women or people of different sexual orientation or so on and so forth aren't also like you don't see them as fellow outcasts then you yourself are, are an outcaster. You're a person who outcasts others, and you, your opinion doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. you don't get to represent a whole generation or or or, or um, genre that's meant for the outcast. You don't and, and, no longer get to have that voice. And, and I think one of yeah. the... I think one of the added... One of the, one of the challenges that is why I really, you know, ad, admire storytellers, whether it's it's, you know whatever medium where you're telling a story, whether it's film, television, or books, or comics, or whatever, where you can you can have that inclusive aspect to it without it looking shoehorned. Because sometimes when it looks shoehorned, it's like, ugh, you're not even trying, you know? Um, you know, it, it, without it looking... Having it in there in a seamless way, you know? Uh, that's, that's a really important part of it, that it has to be sincere, essentially, and not just, like you said, checking off... A box like okay well we've got this person of color and we've got this you know sexuality we've got this you know not doing mm -hmm. that um and and i think this could be done that way i think the conan films the conan stories could be updated in a way where it would work like that but i i don't know my concern is that the character is so integrated in pop culture as this like oh masculine gruff primitive you know yes I, i'll 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 be the gentle rapist right that thing <laughs> yeah. uh, you know that that i think is so ingrained in the character it would take a lot to rewrite that even though it's it's not like that always in the stories in the source material that's kind of the image that's made it into the collective consciousness and i think that would take uh it would be a challenge to overwrite that you know not that it can't be but that it would just be a challenge to um i hope it happens i hope i would love to see more of this kind of world you know with with the 
Cimmerians and and the the set cult and all of this. I would love to see more of yeah. that. Uh, those stories. Well, and I know there was supposed to be a third one, right? There was supposed to be a third Conan. There film. was. It's script ran uh ran around in, in kind of like limbo for years and ended up being produced with uh a, another of Robert E. Howard's characters in the um titular role um is called the conqueror with kevin sorbo which is one of those all-time you know worst movies on a lot of lists but <laughs> yeah it was supposed so. to be yeah the the Con- code and the conqueror Con- was the, conqueror. the third yep yeah so, so. And, and we mentioned red sonia you know that should have been part of this too and um yeah so you know we, we end up with with one jason momoa remake that is subpar at best so you know what do you do <laughs> but uh well maybe down the line you know there'd be a gr- another great female director <clears throat> who'll go like let me make a kona movie and you get a yeah. whole wave of pissed off i'd love to see assholes. a barbarian movie from from that point of view yeah <laughs> that'd be a super i'd like to see a conan a conan movie from that point of view i'll even go that far i don't care for me well no i do care i care about that representation and i think that anyone who can't adapt to it like that's on you 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 carry on that burden i'm not carrying it for you a franchise isn't going to carry it for you and a league of diverse fans isn't going to carry it for you. i i want to see conan o'brien play conan the barbarian (laughs) that's all that would be (laughs) i just i want to see it he would not last long in that sun scene though that crucifixion on that note we are (laughs) way over time on this uh uh what do you guys think of grade wise like what would you give conan the destroyer like as uh i guess let's start with you ryan like if you had to grade it a through f what would you um well uh for this i i would rewatch it again in my lifetime i will give it a solid a plus i think it actually deserves it if i'm going off of how i graded the first conan movie we reviewed as in if you like a sword and and uh sorcery film i'm giving this an a plus as like this is this is essential this is fun watch it i don't know i think for this one i'm I'm gonna actually it's another a minus um to me these two films because they're strikingly different in tone um I, I and I get why, as we as we discussed. I'm not trying to judge them necessarily specifically in like an order, kind of like you do with like Star Wars, like Empire's the best or something. No, I, I think these are both equally good. It's like like I said before, if I want to watch angry, gritty, revenge, uh, violent <laughs> movie, I'll I'll put on Conan the Barbarian. But if I if I want to watch somebody, if I want to watch an acted out D and D campaign, um then i'll put on destroyer and and so they have they it's separate tools in the toolbox um and so yeah i think both of them work really really well yeah i can't believe i've always been a defender of this movie so i can't believe i'm going to come in the lowest but i'm going to give this one a b and um i don't know generally i like it a lot it's just not i guess i fall into that trap a little bit of like i don't feel it's quite as classic or essential as the first movie but it's a lot of fun and i like it um, I feel like if this was a trilogy, like at the end of the day, this would have been the Temple of Doom of the trilogy. But um, yeah, it could have been. You know, who knows? I guess we never got to see that third film. So, however, like I really like the like it's super D and D, and it's uh, still better than like almost all of the other sword and sorcery movies produced in in its wake. So, um, 
there's not much Robert E. Howard left in this movie. Like there was not that much in the first one, and it's even more more on the D and D side and away from the source material. And maybe that's where my bias is coming from, as I am familiar with the source material. Um, the uh, yeah, I mean, I loved this one as a kid too, and I still like. I had a lot of fun watching revisiting both of these movies. It was a lot of fun because these were two I grew up liking a lot and uh this one is a must see for anyone that is one into cult movies and two into like tabletop role-playing games and especially fantasy role-playing games you should see this because it's i really think it's the best i mean they've tried many times right to put something like that on film and this might be the best representation and i'm talking the second conan movie um of you know a dnd campaign ever filmed so yeah it so. does it i mean you could I mean, you could change the names of the characters and it would not you wouldn't notice like hey this looks like a conan the barbarian movie that they just changed the names no it'd be like this is a dnd movie you could just call this yep. dungeons and dragons if... the movie and remove any conan connection just by changing the script you need... slightly yep if you need a selling point for this movie for anybody at all just say this if you ever want to see arnold schwarzenegger fight andre the giant dressed as a as a as a lovecraftian <laughs> demon yeah there who doesn't <laughs> well and i think that and you can find it on youtube that's, that's go the, ahead but just go on youtube well and watch i mean that, even you know, even the way the scenes are going it's like you can tell like oh what did they roll oh they are going to escape okay they rolled a 20 <laughs> oh you know they she did a flip she must have hit a critical you know it's like you could you could see this played out you know it's, it's, i'm kind of i the only thing is, if they were to remake this movie today exactly like it, you'd have that scene where it's like, and it really is just a bunch of kids playing D&D, you know? <laughs> Which would be really <laughs> annoying. Right. But, so. But yeah, yeah. we. I, I think uh, I'd recommend both of these to people. Um, again, just know, like most of the movies we recommend, just know what you're getting into. Uh, but yeah, these are both a lot of fun. So. But, uh, yeah, and if you have seen Conan the Destroyer, or uh, you know, grew up watching it like myself, and want to defend it with the rest of us, or or maybe you hate it, uh, <laughs> write a you know, feel free and write us an email at uh, videojunkyardpodcast at gmail or get in touch with us on the Facebook group. Um, you can write a review of either of these films or anything that we've talked about on the podcast, or even anything we haven't. Uh, if you take the time to write it, we'll take the time to read it, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Yeah, you can also find us on Twitter, which our handle is VideoJunkPod uh, at Twitter. Feel free to drop us a line on there as well. In the upcoming weeks, we're going to be looking at uh, a number of other films, because that's what we do on the show. I know, as I say that every week, we're going to be looking at some movies. No shit. Yeah. Anyway, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we're going to be looking at some westerns. We are shockingly going to be looking at some musicals and uh, even a kind of a fun Kevin Cosner series that will be coming up. Uh, I want to thank you, Ryan, for joining us for the last couple of weeks to talk about these films. We'll definitely have you back yeah, on soon. For... Uh, yeah, thanks for being here, and we'll... Uh... We'll have you back on real soon if yeah. I'm looking at the schedule correctly. Hint, hint, hint. So, so well, I want to thank everybody for tuning <laughs> into the Video Junkyard podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Beer Slayer Ryan Seiskel. <laughs> have a good night. Have a good evening. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend. You just can't let them go. Go. Stay on the road. Keep 
Glitter the Moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast, on Twitter at video junk pod, and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard. <laughs>